And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, two plus two is four. At least today it is. Math often does not lie. But it's not a perfect discipline either. Certain equations have still not been answered. But there are many clear-cut formulas in math. For instance, Jesus was on the cross. The crucifixion process started before the cross. But we examine the actual time Jesus was on the cross. We examine the scriptures that help us understand how much Jesus loved us to do this voluntarily. Next, the arrow And the song. This is modified, by the way, by Longfellow. I don't know if you know Longfellow. I shot an arrow in the air. It fell to the ground I knew not where. For who has sight so keen and strong that it can follow the flight and song? And drumroll, please. The answer is, who can follow it? God can follow it. Aha. And redirect it in mid-flight. And we find there's a scripture that talks about it. It makes it land in the exact spot where he wants it to, just like he does in our lives. Too bad Longfellow didn't know God that way. Finally, uh, do you remember the game Battleship? You remember that you would place your ships where the opponents could not see them, and then you would try and sink their battleship without being able to see it, right? Remember that? So what does that have to do with the Christian walk? Well, that's simple. Choose your battles wisely. (laughs) That's what it has to do with. Place your strategic hits with wisdom. Don't live the Christian life by just guessing. This is the real battleship. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. In fact, we have somebody that has called. We're going to bring them on in just a second. But I do want you to be aware that you can call 972-445-0770 throughout the show. And then you'll talk to Captain Chris. Talking to him, that's like the moment where you just go and relax. And then you'll be That's right. That big moment. All right, we're going to have the caller come on now before we do any of the trivia or anything like that because I think that's a good idea. So let's fire that through. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
Hi, this is Annika. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Annika. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Much better, thank you. Awesome. That's so good. I had good. a quick question. Um, I was going through my dictionary, and what's fun about the old traditional dictionary is you come across other words. And I came across the name Uriel, and it's uh, the definition in the second college edition American Heritage Dictionary said Uriel is one of the archangels. And I went, since when? I mean, Michael, Gabriel. <laughs> so I did go and I looked it up in my concordance as to the name and the locations. And Uriel means light of God. And then it gave some areas in Chronicles. And it's not mentioned as an angel. So is there any basis for that? No. How weird that it's in the dictionary well, like that. There are traditions. Now, the American Heritage Dictionary, that's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, right. so that's just funny because I got that as a bar mitzvah present, like, you know, a bazillion years <laughs> wow. ago. I mean, just a long time ago. So I'm just telling you right now, they have a little bit more faith connected, and so a little more tradition comes in. And by tradition, there's a name, but not by biblical account. Uh, there's some people that say, well, the word can be translated this, that, or whatever. Nah, that's wrong. It's just it's just a it's an idea of the mind uh, that that they brought forward, so they would, uh, from a traditional point of view, point out. And it's not that it's bad. Actually, that's one of my favorite dictionaries because they give one of the actual best definitions of religion. When you hang up with me, look it up. If it's still in there, it's one of the best I've ever seen. But there are some things like that that you get, and it's like, yeah, that's cute, but no, that's wrong. Okay, okay, good. Um, Yeah, I bought it because it had two words that I wasn't finding in other dictionaries, and I thought, wow, I like this. But um, I have a real quick um, question for you. Okay, I am right here. Which patriarch said, quote, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever? (sighs) Boy. (laughs) I figured in your schooling this may have come up as a joke. Uh, I actually don't know unless you're going to come up with, like, because it sounds like a Jonah thing. <laughs> Just... It is! <laughs> Yay! It's Jonah. That's hilarious. It just sounds like Jonah when he's like, like this is not going well. Yeah, I <laughs> went down to the land where bars, whose bars closed Upon me forever. That's the English standard version. I haven't looked it up in the others yet. That but I is that was awesome. Hilarious when I came across it last night. So I can, I guess too. Now at least I got a good guess out of that. That's a good one. I love it. Okay. That's great. I have one quick question. I, I probably will need to hang up because my phone will probably die. Um, I wanted to know what you thought of young children's toys that are like Jesus dolls or child's own nativity sets that are kind of cartoonish to kind of immerse them in Christ as they play. Um, Because years ago, somebody that I looked up to in the faith, um, when I brought that up, I'm a creative, and when I brought that up, they were like, no, that's irreverent. So um, I, I grew up playing with plastic figures and with my siblings, and we enacted whole little plays, I guess you could call it, um, and we learned how to express ourselves through toys and everything. So anyway, I'd love to hear your comment on that. 
Okay. You want to hang on? You want to hang up? It's up to you. Either way, because I have a... I'll real... hang on until it dies. <laughs> okay, you got it. All right. There is absolutely positively nothing wrong with using figurines or any other kind of aspect that can help children or adults uh, acquiesce into the faith or under... Not acquiesce. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for where you kind of seep in? Like, to get them to, to participate and, and to grow in that. As long as the parent is not going, that's actually Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> words, yeah, like, yeah. Because isn't that Deuteronomy? I think is where I was reading about no creating no image of humans, fish, animals, etc. But then it also says that you're not to worship them. Right. The idea behind this is that it's the same reason why they hid the Mo- Moses's bones. So everybody just needs to kind of just, okay. The picture that everybody has of Jesus is cute, but not accurate because nobody knows really what he looked like, just so we can all know. Except we know he was born in that particular area of Israel. So if you want to think of what an Israeli, Israeli person looks like, you're going to get a little closer. But the idea behind it is that people aren't using those elements to declare a separate God or to declare some kind of idolatry. They're using them as methods for teaching and for illustration, and the Scripture uses different illustrations in teachings. Uh, Actually, I wrote a small little paper on that. And so the idea is that part of the artistic element is fine, as long as it's not defined as something that it is not supposed to be. In other words, if you've got a little image of uh, Peter and he's hanging out with uh, James and John, there's nothing wrong. There's not only is there nothing wrong with that. You got to teach them somehow, and we have the capacity to use that now with the technology, the good part of technology, and the good part of of, of creativity. And people should use it. But just make yeah, sure. and I think the Muslim faith may take it where that's why they went more into um, all of their pattern designs because they were not supposed to create any images of people or animals or like that says yeah, in Deuteronomy. That, and that all comes down to the children of Israel creating a calf out of gold and then them saying, and even Aaron being a part of it, saying, this is your God, worship your God. That's what God was trying to get them not to do. Not, here's a finger puppet. You know, it's like, if it's a finger puppet, (laughs) it's a finger puppet. Relax. And so people are thinking, well, no, no, that's not right. Really? Jesus never addressed that that way once. It's just so absurd. It's like, come on. It's like the same thing. And people really hate me for this. You know, in the Old Testament, it says, be fruitful and multiply. You know, it doesn't say that in the New Testament. Want to know why? There's plenty of people. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just, sometimes mm-hmm. it goes, sometimes it just gets a little overly legalistic. It's like, everybody calm down. Uh, there's nothing wrong with using artistic form, as long as you're not saying, this is God. You know, it's like it's a tool to no, help people I, understand. I remember as a child, I had a... Um a statue, and I made all these little um, clay animals, like at five years old, and put them all around. And my mother came in, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, these animals are all adoring God, and or worshiping, or whatever my word was at the time. And I, to this day, I remember that. See, that's um, cool, though. That's a cool, that's a great memory. I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. then to diss it any other way is to diss... Hello, Davy. Davy and Goliath, which were classic oh, yeah. claymation. Come on, <laughs> that's just too classic. Come on. So it's some of that you can get real legalistic, and I understand that. I understand people really want to, you know, don't, don't. Hey, if you can't, if you can't engage it, fine, but don't put that level on somebody else. 
That's what That's I would very say. very good. That's very liberating because yeah. I had some concepts I wanted to work on. <laughs> yep. Do it. Go for it. All righty. Thanks so much. You are more than welcome. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to go ahead. What we're going to do is we're going to take our break. We're going to come back. We'll set up the trivia question. I have some very unique comments that some of you may not like. But you have to love me because either as a brother or as a neighbor or as an enemy, you have to love me. You're required to. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. is the David Spoon Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, Very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robeson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you and a, a very important part and, and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the president of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ, the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me, and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus. He holds kings in his hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're going to open with our trivia question. So I do want to let you know, if you have a praise report or a prayer request, you can reach out to us. You can call us. You can text us. You can email us. We've already told you that. You have that opportunity. Here's your trivia question. Which disciple declared to Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God? And if anybody gets this wrong, I'm going to be really mad. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. Al strikes first. Wow. Good job, Al. He works at the timing of it. So it's like, good job. Uh, If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. is the text. And then David at hemustincrease.org. We will do our DNA in the very last segment. I have so many things i got to try to figure out how to do. In the meantime, I do have a classic joke. You ready? You think you're I ready? got the buzzer. All right, you got the buzzer. All right. Now, people, a joke is a joke. And later, when I do something, you guys might not think it's as funny. So do me a favor and enjoy the funny ones, because I have something that's coming that's not as funny. So keep that in mind as we go through this process. Okay? That's a nice way for me to say that to you. Okay? A Presbyterian, and a Methodist, and a Baptist pastor and their wives were on a cruise. A tidal wave came up and swamped the ship. They all drowned. And the next thing you know, they're standing before St. Peter. First came the Presbyterian and his wife. St. Peter shook his head. I can't let you in. You loved money too much. You loved it so much you even married a woman named Penny. Then came the Methodists. Sorry, can't let you in either. You loved food too much. <laughs> People are going to get so mad. You love food too much. You love to eat so much you married a woman named Candy. The Baptist turned to his wife and whispered nervously, It doesn't look good, Fanny. <laughs> Come on! Come on! Come on! I think Chris is in shock. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Now, what does that get? Does that rate? Is that a good one? <laughs> Doesn't look good, Betty. Okay. All right. All right, people. <laughs> it was funny. Okay. Here we go. Let's get the... Uh... You think that's bad? Wait. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Fred. How you doing? Today, oh, sir? fantastic, Fred. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. One of the most important questions and then responses but we'll just go for the response which disciple declared to jesus you are the christ the son of the living god david that has to be peter that is correct that is correct amundo the bottom line that is the most important question is who do people say that i am but who do you say i am that's the big question that's for everybody has to answer. Awesome. David, David, until we know him personally, on a personal level, we're missing the mark. Exactly. Exactly right. Remember, he said he said to those people, depart from me, I never knew you. That was the whole point. That's it right there. You got Absolutely. It. You got it, brother. Excellent job. God bless you. All right, you too, Thank bro. you. Bye-bye. All right, that was a good one. Some people like the joke. <laughs> 
It was funny. You think that's bad? Wait till we get to this other thing. People are going to be so. It's like, look, I'm not trying to do this to get anybody angry. It's just these are the things that pop in my mind. It's not my fault. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we did that. We did the the question. Got the answer. Blah, 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 blah. Do the DNA later. Let's just do this. this. I want to understand everybody. Understand, especially when we're talking about uh, the Lord and how much He has n- done for us. Not just. Has he done things for us in our in our lives? But I think we often don't recognize the level or the extent that he demonstrated his love when he took all of that beating and all of that bruising for us. I just want you to follow the math, and I want you to hear what's being said. And it's, the title of this DD is DDD is called "It's Just Math." Mark chapter fifteen, verse twenty-five, and it was the third hour when they crucified him. The third hour, for those that do not know, is 9 a.m. The first hour was 6 a.m. The third hour would be 9 a.m. There were four technical watches during the day and four technical watches at night. The first watch at night is, is so it would go 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. And then 6 to 9 would be watch 1, 9 to 12, watch 2, uh, uh, 12 to 3, watch 3, and then 4 to 6 is watch 4. So if you're ever reading in the passage and it says it was the, the third watch or it was the third whatever, that's what it's talking about, okay? So you can understand and follow it. So when Jesus was crucified, it was our 9 a.m. Just as simple as can be. Now, this is Mark chapter 15, verse 25. So Because people want to know, well, how do we get there that there's, there's so many hours? Now follow this. Mark 20, Mark 15, 25. Mark 15, 33 says, And when the sixth hour came, there was darkness over the whole land. So this starts at 9, right? 10, 11, 12, okay? That's the sixth hour, okay? Or noon, as we would call it. And that's when the darkness over the land came, Okay. How long did the darkness last? That's a great trivia question. Most of you already know that answer, but I'll just say it for us just in lieu of time. The darkness lasted for three hours. Why was it not an eclipse? Because eclipses last three minutes, not three hours. So that doesn't work. It's like people are like, oh, it's just an eclipse. Well, first of all, how would Jesus know to die on an eclipse? That'd be the first question nobody would ever even ask. Then the second thing is no eclipse goes three hours ever, so that's just dumb. So we just ignore stuff like that. It was a prophetic word. There's 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 three hours of this darkness. What happens after that? Mark chapter 15, verse 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he gave up his spirit. So what is the, the conclusion or the math? Okay, and that, the very next verse says, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. So the math is, it started at 9 a.m. At 12 p.m. or noon, the darkness came. That darkness went till 3 p.m. And so it was 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. or six hours. Okay, six hours. But what you have to understand is six hours on the cross. And at any point, Jesus could have said, can't, nope, done, quit, over. 
Now, nobody would anticipate all that he went through him doing that in the first hour, but when you get to start getting to the second hour and then the third hour of being severely beaten and then having your 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 body nailed to a cross and you're up in the in in the air. In fact, they've done you know they've and you never know if this stuff's true or not because I'm not a doctor. But they say oh they've done a kind of an autopsy kind of mentality. Actually, died of a broken heart. Da, da, da. Maybe he was beat up pretty bad. And this is the way they killed people. In the Roman times, and in doing that, he suffered for six hours, which, by the way, in and of itself was not necessarily a long time on the crucifixion pale, just so you can know. But at any point during that six hours, he could have become free. That's the ticket. That's what people stop. They oh, well, other people went eight hours or nine hours. But they never get free. didn't matter. Jesus could have said, that's it, and he'd have been free. He could have uttered one word, and it probably would have been over. Or you know, he, he could have just said, no more. But he sat through that six agonizing hours. And every moment of that pain, every second of that blistering, every moment of that digging into him, he was adding to his declaration of how much he loves us. Every opportunity bypassed from Jesus to get off that cross by calling out to the Father. But he did none of that, absorbed it fully, and took it to the point of 1534 where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Absorbing the sin of all the world. And then cried with a loud cry at the end and breathed his last. That's the level of compassion and the level of mercy and the level of grace that God feels for us. And I just, I know we walk in our Christian walk and we go through things in the world and this and that, whatever. But look how much he put up with to get us to where we can get to. Right? Joanne and Cordelia sent in for the joy set before him. He endured it because he knew what it would bring. He did it. Because he loves you. He doesn't just love you once at a moment. He loves, perfect present tense, you. You. Okay? All right. We'll take our break, then come back. A lot to cover. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. 
Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God for you and I. God provided his own burnt offering, his own lamb of sacrifice, because our presentations are not that hot. And this is where you get the understanding that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How many? All. And the wages of sin is death. That's the result. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God showed his love for us while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. That's the love. He was the sacrificial lamb. And if you have never made that decision, I invite you right now to make that decision to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is where you get John 3.16, which people will say is the gospel in a scripture, which is not far off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That gift is available for you. And if you have never exercised that acceptance of that gift, I encourage you to do so by saying this prayer. And don't go anywhere because I got another one for all of us. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you my heart. Pour out your Holy Spirit, for I believe you rose from the dead, and I confess with my mouth you died for my sins, according to the Scriptures. You were buried, and three days later you rose again. You ascended to the Father and are coming back soon, and I thank you for this new life you've given me. I praise you and pray this in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Texas. Who, who, whom, who posed, who asked, who presented this question to Jesus? Are you the one who was to come or shall we expect someone else? Are you the one that was to come, or should we expect someone else? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, and we will also now send you to the website. On the website is, yeah, lots of cool stuff, plus a place for your praise reports and your prayer requests, and a place to give. On that website also tells you if you don't want to give through the website, how to give not going through the website. So we give you all that information. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Wait, that's it? You're killing me. All right, a jet airliner. I know, a jet airliner. That's what that was, right? Okay. 
Uh, who uh, posed this question to Jesus? Are you the one who was to come? Or shall we expect someone else? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let's do history. Let's go, let's go. All right, today is a wonderful day for those of us who have hurt our legs and gained 15 pounds. Today is no diet day. (laughs) No diet day, whatever it is, nothing today. Everything you eat today is calorie reversed. It just goes the other way. Uh, Also, National Nurses Day. So we have a shout out there to, to, I think it's to Joanne was a, a nurse as well. I don't know if Cordelia was or two or not, but I know she was. So anyway, if so, uh, uh, props to you. A National Crepe Zuzette Day. Have you heard of Okay, yeah. Yeah, big, I'm a big fan. I'm there. And then, uh, of course, No Homework Day, which is right along there with No Diet Day, right? What do you think? I haven't had homework in years. I have nothing but homework. You know, people sit there and they say, oh, I remember those days of school. I just want to take a, a like an apple and throw it at them. Like, all I do is write. It's like, you're kidding, right? Uh, in 1816, on this day, the American Bible Society was founded. 1889, the Eiffel Tower was officially opened. Uh, unfortunately, on this day in 1937, the Hindenburg caught fire and was destroyed. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, 1954, the British runner Roger Bannister became the first person to run a four-minute mile, completing the run in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. According to his book, Four-Minute Mile, his uh, training consisted primarily of 30-minute runs consisting of hard intervals three or four times a week. I think it's fascinating because at after 1954, nobody thought there could ever be a four-minute mile, right? After 1954 and this guy broke it, everybody believed there could be a four-minute mile, and there have been thousands and thousands of people who have broke that record. I mean, broke the four-minute mile. It's just It just shows you as soon as your brain thinks, well, I can do that, it's like, bam, and then everybody started doing it. Isn't that amazing? It's like it opened the door. Everybody thought, you know what? We can do this. All right. Somebody ready to answer a trivia question? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Good. This is David. Who am I talking to? Well, hi, David. This is Joy Ann. I just have to call in. <laughs> what a fun, fun uh, remark you made. But I do have a trivia answer if you want me to do that first. <laughs> okay. Let's do that first, then. Who posed this question to Jesus? Are you the one who is to come, or shall we expect someone else? It was his wonderful cousin, John the Baptist. That is correct, ma'am! You're right! (laughs) Excellent job. I had full confidence you would know that. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm loving the show. I'm so glad. Can I make a comment about the nursing? Yes, absolutely. Well, I just praise the Lord that he gave me the career of nursing. And Cordelia, my twin sister, she actually went to Moody Bible Institute and studied childhood education. So she's worked with children, 
And currently, she makes people very happy because she cleans homes beautifully and does pet sitting, etc. She's just amazing. So anyway, uh, on seven seven seventy seven, I uh, took my nursing boards and became a nurse. I was a hospital nurse for eight years. And then when I married Stan the Man, he encouraged me to go into school nursing, which was wonderful because I love teachers. I love kids. <laughs> I just love the whole process. So anyway, the Lord blessed me in that regard. And so thank you for honoring nurses and uh, honoring so many um many professions and you know everything that you say and do well you know what's so amazing is there's no homework day so cordelia gets the uh, a bump right there because she was involved <laughs> and she's like hey all right no homework then so there you go <laughs> and, oh thank you and, and and i will have i will give a prayer request and in regard to the nursing some of the audience may know that in the past two and a half years my marriage has um suffered, and I pray for my husband's salvation and all good things for my marriage, but my nurse's license did lapse, so I would ask that the audience pray, either help me the Lord provide for me the opportunity to get that nurse's license back, or to serve the Lord in whatever most fruitful way that I can, because I just love the Lord Jesus. He has done so much for me. Well, let me pray for you right now, okay? Okay, great, great. All right, Father, we come before you right now with thanksgiving and praise, and we just so appreciate Joanne and Cordelia, two absolutely wonderful sisters in in you, Lord. They're just great. I'm so glad they're my relatives. It's so cool that we are blood relatives. And we are asking for your grace and your blessing on Cordelia as she's doing what she's doing now, that you would bless her with more opportunities and let her be able to pick and choose and have her opportunity to to select what she thinks would be great in house sitting, in pet sitting, in anything, house cleaning, and everything she's doing. And we ask you to give great wisdom to Joanne so that she would know, do it this way, go about it this way, that you would give her the insight how to take the next step steps. And Lord, if you want that license revived, revive it. Show her the miracle. If you want her to step into some other format of service, show her that too. Make her pathway clear so that she can do the very thing she delights the most in, and that's honor you in everything she's doing. We lift up both of these wonderful sisters and pray your blessing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Your prayers are so spot on and anointed. I love it. And we love being your blood relative and the blood relative of all the beautiful believers who are listening to you. Amen. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so, so much. You are more than welcome. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Because of our time switch and because I have to end this on a teaching— We're going to do something different, and some of you are not going to like it. So I am telling you now, you should not evaluate the entire show on this next minute and a half. (laughs) Is that a good way to say it? It's a good way to say it. Uh, But I just couldn't, you know, I have this weird, quirky sense of humor. And I, you know, I strongly believe every every word from Genesis one one to Revelation twenty two twenty one. God, no, I mean that is absolutely the truth. It's dear human race, Genesis one one to Revelation twenty two twenty one. Love God, all right. And uh, I, I I thought about this in part of my defense when they ask me a question. The first thing I'm going to say is Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. I mean I'm ready. <laughs> 
right. But many of you know in the news there's been a lot of commentary about the abortion activists taking place. And I didn't want to write anything online because that's always dangerous. But in my brain, I could not resist the moment to somewhat take a unique stand, a different approach. And so here you're going to see top five reasons why I want the activists to protest this weekend. So do we have any kind of music to go with this? Here we go. Listen to this. All right. Number five, what a brilliant strategy to honor their mothers on Mother's Day by acknowledging that they should never have been born. Number four, everybody should be infamous for 15 seconds. Number three, finally, someone acknowledges that whatever the churches decide, that's the law of the land. Number two, protesters are supposed to dress up like they're from the 1800s, which will end up being the nicest clothing they've ever worn. And the number one reason why we want activists to protest is it's the closest that any of them will beat a church between now and the time Jesus returns. <laughs> I just could not resist. I just could not. I was looking at that going, that's the closest any of them are going to get to church in ages gone by. <laughs> I thought, nope, I'm writing a list on that, right? All right. Some people are thinking, okay, Spoon's lost it. Yeah, I know. That's all right. Hey, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. You stand firm. You are a child of the Most High God. The Lord loves you. He's on your side. He's for you. You have nothing to be afraid of and nothing to be concerned about. And the worst case scenario, we get raptured. And won't that just be the greatest thing ever? (laughs) So in the worst case scenario, we're out of here. And we're like, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. That's how it would be. All right, we'll take a break and finish up with a pretty cool teaching about arrows. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Who is David Spoon? We have on the line Tina from Elko. And Tina, are you there? 
Yes, I am. How are you doing today? What I am doing great. One, the, is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I listen to you every time I get into my car when I leave my job. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything that we can be praying for just to be in agreement with you regarding anything that the Lord's working on in you? Yeah, there okay. is. Okay, fire away. Um, first of all, I'd like to see my family's hearts turn. Second of all, I am not putting God first and... I'm not being obedient in certain ways. Let me sum it up a little bit. I have a boyfriend. Okay. I should answer it. So I really need prayer to get back on track with God. Okay. Let me pray with you, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we lift up Tina to you, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that uh, first and foremost you would work on her family's hearts, that uh, there'd be a softening, and that there would be a grace and a mercy given uh, to the family and uh, between the relationship that Tina has with the family, and we just pray that your mercy would prevail, and we just pray that you would encourage her. Instead of this being a discouragement, let this become an encouragement that she is a daughter of the Most High seeking out help from her Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your last trivia question. Which brother saw his sister inflicted with leprosy and pleaded with Moses? Please, my Lord, do not hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. So which brother, and I'll listen because otherwise you can get tricked up here. I don't want you to happen. Which brother saw his sister inflicted with leprosy and pleaded with Moses? Please, my Lord, do not hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. If you think you know the answer, you are welcome uh, to call in at 972-445-0770. You can also text in at 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So you need to be thinking about Moses and somebody close to him and somebody close to him and somebody's calling in. So I have a feeling they're going to be able to answer the question and we're getting texts. And we appreciate the texts, and, and uh, we hope that it is helpful to keep these type of things in our minds, fresh in our minds. Uh, I'll make one brief comment after we do the trivia, and then I'll get into the teaching. It's a pretty simple teaching, kind of a Longfellow teaching. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but Longfellow wrote a poem about an arrow and a song. You know, I shot an arrow in the air. So we're going to talk about that in a split second. So... Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? All right, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. How are you? Doing, doing pretty good. Good. I'm glad yeah, to hear doing that. doing better. Better and better. I love to hear that. That's good to hear. Really is good to hear. I'm very, very, very happy for you. Pray for you on a regular basis. Just want you to be well. Just want you to do well. Okay. 
All right. Okay. Ready to answer? Here we go. Which brother saw his sister inflicted with leprosy and pleaded with Moses, please, my Lord, do not hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed? Who said that? He had one brother, three years older than him, and his brother's name was Aaron. That is correct, Amanda! Yes! You are correct. That is right. And do you remember what the occasion was that 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 she that Miriam was struck with that leprosy and that Aaron had to plead that? Do you remember what they did? Um, Moses married. Uh, they didn't like the woman that that Moses married. Uh, boy, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, you got it. You're on track. So she, so Moses married I was a Cushite. Think, huh? She he married what? a Cushite. And they, how did they respond to that? How well, did... they didn't like the idea at all. They they criticized Moses. That's it. That's it. Her. You got but it. You know, the Lord, the Lord put him straight on that too. That is exactly right. They, the Lord wasn't happy about that. Nope. They, Moses married a Cushite, and they were like, we don't like that. And God said, I'm not happy with you. Bam, there's leprosy. It's like, okay, let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, you know. Good job, Mary. Way to um, nail it. Anyway, you have a good weekend. All right, you too. Be sweet to your wife, okay? Yes, ma'am, I will. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Good. All righty. This is better than Mary. <laughs> She's such a delight. All right. Uh, this, uh, what, what am I doing? Oh, DNA. Yeah, see, without you, what am I doing? Without DNA. Uh, DNA. Let's, we always have to do DNA because I want to remind you, especially because of, of its frequency. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily, David. Daily, David. <laughs> so it should be right. Daily, David. It should be that. Uh, and never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus has to say. Who cares what the world has to say? They, they don't They don't like Jesus or you anyway. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that in your heart and mind, it's not all about you. And I need that too. It's not all about me. I got to remember it's other people. I even got to remember that while I'm driving on the road. It's not all about me getting to where I'm trying to get to. There's other people in the world, and you have to think that way. As Chris goes, eh. <laughs> okay. DNA, draw closer to the Lord daily, and never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. A, always be ready to serve. Do that each and every day. Uh, this is called Calling Mr. Random. Now, I'm not a big poetry guy, so don't, you know. And, uh, and I will misquote this on purpose because I only can quote what from my childhood on some of this. But uh, Longfellow wrote a poem uh, about the arrow in the song. I shot an arrow in the air where it lands. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So we used to say, I shot an arrow in the air where it lands. I do not care. <laughs> That's how we used to do it. That was kind of like how we did So listen to this in First Kings chapter 22, verse 31 through 34. Now the king of Aram uh, had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, do not fight with anybody at all except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they shouted, he must be the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. But Jehoshaphat cried out. When the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a man drew his bow without taking special aim and struck the king of Israel through the joints of his armor. So he said to his charioteer, turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am badly wounded. So I just want you to catch what happens. 
Jehoshaphat is in a place he shouldn't be, in a battle he shouldn't be in. I'm just going to say that. But the king of Israel is out there, and the king of Israel is like, hey, you dress like a king, I'll dress like nobody. <laughs> Let's see if we can get away with this. And then Jehoshaphat was dumb enough to go, okay. I mean, that was just a bad call, right? But the king of Israel is out there, and so he's like, he's like, oh, I'm dodging it, I'm dodging it. And a, a, a soldier, okay, a man draw, draws his bow, listen to this, without taking special aim. I shot an arrow in the air. Where it lands, I do not care. I mean, that's exactly what happened. The guy's like, I don't know if he was just trying to go, I just want to show everybody I'm participating. <laughs> so he shot an arrow. Or he was like, oh, I have more more arrows than everybody else. I better catch up. You know, so he starts just shooting arrows or whatever, whatever was that happened. Something happened, right? He draws his bow without taking special aim. It appears to be random and pointless, almost useless, and for nothing. <clears throat> Wrong answer. This is why Christians ought to have a greater uh, uh, attitude, a greater uh, disposition. Because God is always in there. Even though you don't notice or you think it's random or you think it's this, God is always participating. I love needlepoint because if you look at needlepoint on the front side of needlepoint, what is it? It's a pretty clear picture of a kind of a, a nice, you know, maybe be a horse or, you know, an owl or an elephant or whatever it's going to be, an animal or whatever it is. And, it's, and on the front, it looks nice and the colors are nice. You ever look on the back side of needlepoint? It looks like a mod podge of insanity. It's like, well, who came up with that? It's like a Peter Max poster, right? For those of you old enough to remember. That's the whole point. The picture that God is seeing is very specific and clear, all laid out. The picture we see is the backside of that needlepoint. God's perspective, it's a clean picture. Our perspective, boy, there's all these different sizes and colors and different lengths, and it looks like a mess, like somebody threw something together. And yet the Lord is the one who's doing the picture making. And so even when you think something's going on in your life and it seems completely random, don't, don't be so smart. Don't be so smart. And you think, well, that's kind of a negative story because that, that you know wounded the king. I know. But what you're missing is that God takes anything that we might even see or another person who's not even involved might see as random and use it purposefully because he does what he works all things together for good he doesn't make it magic okay which i don't know why people think that he weaves it just like we're talking about needlepoint he weaves it into good he works it and you think, but that's something like that's useless or that's dumb. I mean, the guy just, he shot an arrow. He shot an arrow. God redirected it or directed it from start to finish, however you want to say it. I don't mind. And it accomplished a task that God wanted. There are things that are going on in your life that you might even think that's useless. It's, it's irrelevant. It, doesn't, it means nothing. Don't be so sure. Because God can take useless and make it useful. God can take pointless and bring a very specific point. He can take random and make it become specific because he's able to.
And you think about all the things in your life, and you think, well, but this this is, means this, or this means this. I would venture to say that my own estimation of my own life, if I am right one out of ten times, it would be amazing. <laughs> I feel I'm. I feel like the Lord's you know, the Lord's a hundred percent right. I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I think this is this there. I don't know. But God does, and he doesn't do things by accident, and he doesn't allow things by accident, and he doesn't function in my life or your life by accident, and nothing that you encounter is unknown to him. And he does things for us in a favorable context. Not that we deserve it, but we certainly get to receive it. I'm certainly glad the passage says God works all things out for good and not just all things out to make you grow up (laughs) because that'd be a lot more painful. (laughs) So thank the good Lord for every seemingly pointless moment that he coordinates to make an impact in our lives, okay? All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 70 hour and 30 minute break and then we'll come back more insanity with spoonanity talk to you then it may be false but it feels the same so i punish myself i go down to the views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of kwam djrd broadcasting or its sponsors